Hell is overflowing and Satan is sending his dead to us. Bastard bud. I got nothing. Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, and break down horror movies and in occasions horror films. Definitely not tonight, but we'll get into that in a hot minute. We are wrapping up the last in the summer of the fall of the soon-to-be winter and Christmas of the dead. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be hearing this. Right before Christmas. Man, who would have thought, Mr. Tibu, that this would have... I, I guess I'm not surprised at all. But before we get too far along, let's introduce the man by my side, my right-hand man that's usually in my pocket. Hmm. Why they, yeah. what, kind of a, what kind of a short joke is that? <laughs> I was going to go a little bit further, but we have the really- Raging Cajun himself, Hogzilla, Mr. Tibu. <laughs> If you're reaching for low-hanging fruit, I'm I'm telling you, I'm five foot four. You ain't got to reach that high, but um, I'm doing pretty good tonight, man. Uh, this is this is really exciting because yeah, whenever we started out on this journey, and it's been an epic one, my goal was to complete the George A. Romero Zombie of the Dead series because I had only ever seen uh, Night of the Living Dead, which I love, Dawn, which pretty fucking big on got to give it a lot of love day of the dead another masterpiece i'd seen land of the dead i'd saw diary kind of years ago so rewatching 
all of these movies in order, Diary and Survival. You know, that's tonight's big cap off uh, to the to this this journey. I, I'm so happy that we decided to go down this road. Um, and knowing that you're a huge zombie fan, it just lends itself to what Joe Blow should be about right now. This is this is the best time of year. It's it's fall into winter. We've just celebrated Halloween. We're all about to fill our bellies. This is going to be the best. And fill our bellies with some Thanksgiving treats, which I hope you had a good Thanksgiving because this sure as shit will not be out before. Oh, the- <laughs> okay. Well, then this is this is. <laughs> They're going to fill their bellies with with Christmas by the uh, Christmas tree. <laughs> oh. So, okay. I just want to say we're doing it. We're doing it George A. Romero style tonight because we've also another special thing about this entire endeavor has been we've had other podcasters on every episode. So it's like filmmakers working with filmmakers, podcasters working with podcasters. But tonight we're going indie. We're going indie and we are tapping the well for some superior zombie knowledge. We have with us, we're going to cap this off with a gentleman who actually grew up around the same area I did, up in the north. I believe his northern Minnesota accent is going to be quite a bit stronger than mine, which has waned a bit over the years. (laughs) Hailing from the Northland, broadcasting out of his igloo, when he is not watching his favorite movie, It Chapter 2, (laughs) (laughs) knowledge we have mr grindhouse zombie how are you buddy welcome to the show and thanks for joining us oh thanks guys for having me yep i'm i'm here i'm ready to talk about this uh masterpiece that is survival of the dead uh you know it's it was so refreshing when i heard first heard you announce this um doing this kind of like complete Romero revival and going through each of the movies, talking about their merits, talking about, I think what we all perceive as uh, sort of the downfall, but I, I guess I don't view it that way, but it's kind of the downfall of Romero. And it, if you look at box office sales, I think that that would back up that statement a little bit. Um, but I, lo- I, I love these movies and, and, I, and I love them each for a different reason. Um, and, it being whether when I saw them, what they meant to me, um, how what they've meant to me changed over the years. Um, it's definitely different. Um, and, you know, as being, we'll just call it the senior member of the staff tonight, um, you know, I, my attitudes towards these movies have definitely changed. Um, you know, what I see, what I think, what I feel when I watch them. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, each one of these movies gets at minimum a yearly watch from me. Um, I, I do it every year. I, I, I can't help it. I love these movies. I, I love George Romero and I love all the work that he's done. Um, and everything from uh, his main movies to the knockoffs of his movies. Um, he is, he truly is a creator. He spawned something, um, you know, and I, for me with his, I think his legacy will always, always kind of go through and it will kind of honor that, that he, I mean, he really is the godfather of the zombie. I mean, he, that there's nobody that ever did it as well or as long as he did. Um, so these movies are, I don't want to call them my kids, but we'll call them my redheaded stepchildren. Um, <laughs> and 
I'm always going to love them regardless. Um, there's nothing that anybody can do to tell me that I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't love them. And each one of the movies, even the one we're going to talk about tonight, is kind of beautiful in its own way. Um, you know, the, the the earlier ones were kind of more hardcore and hard hitting, and they definitely had a had a, a social justice or a, a social discord topic. Um, and as you get closer to the end, you can see that um, he had a different set of circumstances to work with him. Um, and it was pretty obvious, you know, the, the sacrifices he had to make. Um, at the same time, a as the movies went on, you could also see that he had a great group of friends that he made over the years that he kept pulling back. And it, it, it's, it's gotta be awesome to be in a position where you can make a phone call and say, hey, it's George Romero, would you like to be in my movie? And people just go, yes. Doesn't matter what it is, they just say yes. And, and that's it's a big piece of his legacy. So um, even this one, the Survival of the Dead, not the greatest movie ever made. I think we all know that. Um, it still has some things to say and I, I look forward to talking about them. This man is speaking truth to power because yeah, Romero is legend, man. He reinvented the zombie for, for, for modern time. It, w there is no zombie like the zombie we perceive without Night of the Living Dead and all of the subsequent films directed by George Romero. He, he, the way, I like what you said about how he keeps his friends close and, and that's his tie into making movies and stuff was towards the end of his life, RIP. He's like Kevin Smith in a way, in a way. He works outside of the studio system. He finances his films, he uses his friends and he makes the movies he wants to make even when they're perceived duds perceived duds right and that's been a common theme we've discussed is there's not anybody out there that i mean if we just look at him outside the box of the main zombie creator he's he's just known as a as a as a great i was gonna say good but a great director most importantly is how well respected he is every single person that's worked with him whether you've seen him or talked to him at your cons your conventions he's seen as just a genuinely good guy he's a nice guy and everybody that's worked with him you know praises everything about him so there's there's a lot more to him than being just you know the creator of the modern zombie if you will and yeah he's definitely left a legacy that will probably go on i mean we'll there will probably be another podcast coming along in 50 years that is going to be saying the same kind of things and that's just going to go to show and strengthen what he's done over, over, I guess, his career, which was a pretty long one. So quickly, a little housekeeping, make sure to check us out on your socials. We are a lot more active on Instagram. Now we're posting stuff multiple times a week. Facebook is a good way to get a hold of us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, Joe blow horror show at gmail.com. And rather than doing this at the end of the episode, we are going to touch base real quickly here as far as what's upcoming. And obviously when this is going to be uh, massaging your ear holes coming up here, it's going to be right around probably early to mid December. The plan is to do one regular episode in between and come at you with a Christmas special like we have done the last few years. So Typically, we would come at you with what to expect in our upcoming zombies, and 
we are not going to do that. We're going to, we're going to surprise you a little bit here. So you never know. We might just go random with our older and new. We might pick something seasonal or I'm not really sure. Maybe we'll see, you know, what does Grindhouse, what does he want us to cover? I don't know. What, what do you think Grindhouse? Is there anything that you would, uh, anything that burning topics that you'd want to uh, have us talk about for movie wise or what? <laughs> we're 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 unprepared with this obviously oh, well, <laughs> clearly thank you back. thank you well you know here's the reality of horror these days there are lots and lots and lots of opportunity for my viewing minute and i'm at a place again being a senior member of the staff where my my viewing minutes are pretty limited you know so it's like i i sort of want to hear about the best of the best Okay. Unless it's unless it's about zombies, then I'll just hear about anything. <laughs> that's that's okay. completely fine. Um, you know, there are some things to there are some things to look forward to. Um, it's not necessarily horror, but if you go back to the hey, you know, at that age, things. I'm curious to see what people think of the new Ghostbusters movie. Um, uh, it's not getting great reviews, which makes me a little sad. Um, but I, I kind of want to hear that. There's also um, a new paranormal activity out that I'm curious as to what people think. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't looked and seen any reviews. Um, I think it's called Next of Kin. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see that because the first paranormal activity was a great movie. Those movies were pretty great. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. I, I think Tibu, uh, we'll keep that in mind when we think our movies. We'll 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 try to go with some good movies. We'll, we'll leave out the turds. You know, sometimes we like to change it up and pretty much throw a dart in wherever it lands. We'll, we'll cover a movie if we haven't seen it, but I like that idea. We'll talk about some movies that we genuinely like. Um, so that's a good idea there. And the Christmas episode, we're just going to leave. I've got some ideas. Stay tuned with that. That will, that, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. You can expect, another fireside chat and I've got some ideas. Tibu is it, it's going to be Christmas. ho ho horrific <laughs> black Christmas, silent night, deadly night. You've got some options. We do. So. We do. We, 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 we've been going a little bit obscure in the past couple of years because there's a thousand reviews of some of the more mainstream quote unquote Christmas horror movies, but, but we'll see. So I don't oh, know, but I love that. I love that obscure shit though. That, I mean, yep. uh, when you guys go obscure, the reality, and maybe you don't know this, maybe you don't get enough feedback. When you guys go obscure, that's the shit that I go watch. Yeah. It's, I, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm yeah. Because it's like, I, I'm the same. I, yeah, because, uh, because I think that, be, I think, uh, honestly, uh, Bastuna, I think because you're so serious about horror, you clearly love it. And Travis is so insightful. Like I said, he's changed my mind on some movies. When you put those two things together and you're both are like, you should watch this. Honestly, I go fucking watch it. <laughs> I do. Hell yeah, and man. it's led me to some great new shit. So, I mean, but that's the thing. So I, I need that thermometer. I need that, that thing that tells me that this is the thing that you should watch. Because like I said, I don't have a ton of time. And if I'm going to spend my two hours, I need it. I need to know that it's at least going to be worth my time. And I'm okay with the occasional turd. I, I'm a zombie fan. So trust me, <laughs> there's more flushables <laughs> than unflushables. I totally know that. Well, um, but your, you guys' insight is great because I mean, you, you really are good at, at telling a story, 
and giving some people a good direction to go. I mean, and I think that's, to me, that's what I love about your podcast is that you guys occasionally review a movie that I've never heard of. And that's rare for me. And I'm like, well, shit, how do I not know about this? And, and, and then I go and watch it. And then the fun part is I get to form my own opinions and then I get to bust your balls over the discord about why it was good or not, you know, but, but that's, the, that's the community though. That's, that's the best part. You guys, you guys are like a linchpin of the community. That's the best part. I well, love that. The best phrase we could get because it's, it's oh, yeah, I love all that. Thank you so much. Foremost, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I love it. And real quickly, I mean, the lights are up on the horizon. We're, we're coming into our pit stop here in a minute, but I got to ask you because we just had a conversation with another person that finally watched Flesh Eaters and yeah. absolutely loved it. So I'm curious have you seen Flesh Eater? I have seen Flesh Eater. Um, I, is it good? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good movie. Is it, is it super dated and a little bit unrelatable for me? Yeah. Um, it's, it's not relatable in the way that night of the living dead is relatable. I, I, for, for me, night of the living dead is, I mean, it's the bullseye. So anything else is going to score a one, a two, a three, accordingly. It it's, it's never going to hold up. So it's kind of almost an unfair comparison. It's like, I can't, it's like, can it hold the candle to it? It, will, it can't because it's in a different room and it's still fucking dark. You know, again, so, yeah. go, going back, going back to moods on the right night, Flesh Eaters, the movie you're going to pop in and not night. Agreed. Of the Agreed. Agreed. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm still the guy that like everybody that I know hates the movie Legion. You guys seen the movie Legion? Paul Bettany? Yes. Yep. Okay. Most of the people that I know hate that movie. They just, they don't get it. They think it's stupid. It's full of gimmicks, and it's I'm beating on this religious aspect or that religion. And take all of that out. Just 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 take it all out, it's and a just good, watch the movie at its core. It, exactly, and it's uh, the movie Legion to me is superb. It is really? superb. I love it. I, I absolutely I love it. Since it came out, which has been probably 15, <clears throat> 10, 15 years ago, but I. I'll have to check it out. I, I own that movie on every format that is possible to own, included all the pirated blah, blah, blah bullshit. I, I love that movie. And if I'm just doing something and I need to have something on in the background, I will put that on. And every time it interrupts me and pulls me in and I have to watch it. Damn. You know, so, but that's, that's the subjective part. You know, what do you love? What do you not love? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell either one of you guys what to love. And I would pray to God, you're not going to tell me what to love. No. You just love, you, you love what you love and you try to give your insight to the world. And this is, that's, that's what I love about the horror. You brought up community. My favorite thing since getting into, I've, I've been in horror since I was a kid, but, but, but getting into horror and doing the podcasting and finding that community, the best part of the horror community that doesn't exist in mainstream culture is that people can agree and disagree and still love talking to each other, love getting along. It's like, why can't that exact same mindset spread like a web to everything else that we have to do? The minutia of dramatic, honestly, at, in the grand scheme of things, if you really want to look down on what's going on here, it's a lot of our problems are very, very petty and trivial. Um, they are. They are, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take down your walls and you gotta let things in. That's, that's the reality of it. I started doing, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know what make this, well, I was going to interrupt you with, uh, I'll finish your thought. Go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, um, so I got introduced to Twisted Tuesday. I know that you know what that is, Boss Tuna. And it was one of those things where it was like, well, what, you know, it, it, it's like I saw it. I kind of saw the number of participants. I'm like, it's pretty low. Why am I here? And the reality is I come back every fucking Tuesday. And I do that because every Tuesday I'm shown something that I might not have seen otherwise. And while I'm doing it, I get to see some other people's reaction to it. And it's really fun. I, I've picked up in a year, probably a half a dozen horror movies that are now on my pretty much constant rewatch list. Okay. You know, and how else would I would have done that in, in, in a year with as many films that come out, how would I have, how would I have filtered all that out? Right. You know, so it's a, it, this is all just a great medium. It's just absolutely great. You know, and I go back to the point, it's community, you know, it's, it's people of a like mind and Hey, don't worry. I'm not a serial killer. I just like horror movies. You know, <laughs> I just, I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill people. I just like watching them be killed. I'll tell you what, yeah. conversation even better, uh, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, is something to quit the whistle because I am quite thirsty and we are going to stop on. It's a, it's a rowdy night. It's a cel- celebratory night. Celebrating. Yeah, we're going to pour one out for the homie, George A. Romero. All right, boys, drink all you want tonight. The bar tab is on the Joe Blow Horror Show. Let it flow. Right, the fucking titty twister, dude. I mean, I, I know this is our frequent go-to. It's kind of like the Winchester. I wouldn't feel right celebrating anywhere else but here. Yes, the bar that everybody knows. Our, wait, that's not the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Tibu, what do you got? Go ahead. You go first, bud. I already know what you got, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to enlighten everyone. Um, what you think, you know what I have it. This is not that, that timber rye double IPA. This is Elysian space dust. It's a Mm. fancy gas station beer. (laughs) Um, pretty much, (laughs) you know, it's a strong ass IPA. Uh, I don't know. I, it's one of my go-tos 8.2% by volume. It, again, this is this is a made to look. Hops. Yeah, it's and it's a made to look fancy beer brewed by a large brewing company. This might be Anheuser Busch. I'm not sure, but I don't give a fuck. You like sometimes. Like, sometimes you like what you like, bruh. Mm-hmm. Grindhouse Grindhouse has been saying this shit all night. You like and speaking of that, what are you drinking tonight, bud? Well, due to a whole bunch of poor planning on my part, the, the brewery I wanted to stop at for a growler on the way home was fucking closed on a Monday. I, I don't know what the fuck that's about. Right. Um, so I am, you know, I stopped for a nice little drinkable Lonely Blonde from Fulton. I like these. I can, I can drink 15 of these and, you know, still mostly drive a car and operate heavy machinery. So I, <laughs> I, just, I just love these things. They're only 4.8, so I'm, I'm about half the man that Tebow is. Um, but you know, that's and I'm uh, literally half a man. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, so it works for me, you know, and, and if, if things get rough and those all disappear, I'm just going to be slaying werewolves all night with silver bullets. <laughs> silver so, bullets. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm a simple man of simple taste. <laughs> oh, and if we, if we have to really, really get into it just for the hell of it, I brought a 30 year old whiskey to the table just to, oh. 
you know, have a little fun. Oh, a little shelding. This is that some, makes me wish I would have went out and got a whiskey. This is Damn. some this is some good stuff for you know for its price point. It is some fucking bomb whiskey. I mean, you can drink so this shit all it. night. Tell, tell the listeners what you have in your hand there. Uh, it's a it's a shelding. That's what it's called. It's it's the spice side. It's it's a Scottish whiskey. Um, it's a thirty year old whiskey. Um, like I said, does not it have ter- an e? Does it have an e in it? Yeah. Does it have an e? In it? Yeah, shelding. It's not no, Scottish. Yeah, well, uh, well, okay. Dunk, it's, Dunk, well, Duncan would beg to differ. Well, he probably would, and, and we'll call it a <laughs> we'll call it a Scotch whiskey, okay? Because yeah. that's what it is. But for the money, when you're when you're pricing out the really high dollar stuff, this is a really good. If you're if you're having some friends over, I mean, you're not gonna make fucking whiskey cokes with this shit. You're just not gonna do it. But no, you drink you, that shit straight. Exactly. So. If you like it straight, maybe with one cube. This is it, absolutely great stuff so um nice. if i break this out i'm probably not gonna make it to work tomorrow so let's hope that i don't but um <laughs> if it happens it happens just, just push it like an inch out of out of uh, your hands reach <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, uh well, i'll okay. tell you what duncan is duncan's probably listening to this and he's slowly growing a chub right now yeah Hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he's growing half a chub and half thrown up in his mouth that I call it a Scottish, but yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, right, that, yeah, you know what? I was, it was kind of an honor of him listening to that last one. It was like, okay, I got to bring some fucking, I got to bring something to the table here just to, just for the last one. Well, there's, he had, great, he had great things to say about land. So I can't, I can't, I can't, he got to, you gotta give a guy's props. He did. He did. He I, the best thing I think he said was, is he robbed himself of 10 years of not watching that movie. And I thought that was pretty good. So there you but, go. There's a reason that I wanted to go last, and I've said this a thousand times, but the whole point of, of this podcast was for us to come out, have some fun, drink some beers, chat about horror movies, and the whole thing was drink some good beers. So when we stopped into the Teddy Twister, the last thing that listeners and friends of the show are going to expect me to bust out... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was so what fucking worried about this. I was so worried about fuck? bringing silver bullets to the table. And you know what? Coors, fuck Coors you. Light, <laughs> Coors Light is like champagne compared to what he just held up. Exactly. Of fucking yeah. <laughs> I'm about to kill myself instead of being on this show. I stopped by. Firehouse <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> what they were out of natty ice or what? I, mean, oh, I don't go that low. Oh, really? <laughs> so here's, here's the story. I stopped in my local watering hole and I picked something up. I was like, it caught my eye. I was like, yep, this is it. And I had an appointment, have to reschedule today. So I watched I watched the movie again and I watched it with some director's commentary. And my wife was working from home and all of a sudden I hear what are you watching? And I'm like, survival of the dead again. And she's like, okay. And she's just lost and confused. And she's like, do you actually like this? And I'm like, can you ask me that again in 45 minutes? So long story short, I didn't pair my other beer with this movie. And, and part of me, honestly, I spent more time thinking about this than I think I ever have with a beer pairing for a movie, because I'm like, I feel like I'm going to spoil or show my hand with what, I'm picking, but I chose this beer because this is a beer that is average and it's probably less than average. And I picked it because I was like, I don't give a fuck. And that's the whole feeling I got from George A. Romero in Survival of the Dead. 
is that he's just he just bounced a bush light can off my head and was like, ah, here, it's beer. So, you know, you can't complain. It's, it's beer, but I don't give a fuck. So, you know what, George A. Romero, rest in peace, but God bless it. I wish you would have left us with a better one. Mm. Yeah. In the end, you know what? It's like any other beer. It gets the job done. Interesting. Yeah. This is, this is a very interesting analogy or, or metaphor. I'm, I'm forgetting the difference right now. Uh, I'm a, I'm a few of these space dust in. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. So you guys I love it. know where I'm going with everything, but I just don't give a fuck. I am going to drink Bush Light in honor of George <laughs> Mayo. I don't give a fuck either. So <laughs> I don't hey, know. Free, if, if, if I went to your house and that was the beer you gave me, free beer is better than no beer, bud. You know, I always, I've, I've got, I don't know if I told this on the show, if I have, I apologize, but my, as, as Grindhouse can see, I know I've been talking about this garage for years and it's because I'm one of the guys where it might take me a while to, to start a project, but once I start on a certain thing, I smash it out. And last weekend I put all my can lights in and it took me like eight hours. So I'm slowly getting there, but my mother-in-law and father-in-law remodeled their whole kitchen and they had this, it's like one of the biggest fridges I've ever seen 50 cubic feet or whatever the hell it is. So they got all new, uh, what do you call them? Kitchen equipment. I'm having a mind blank right now. Appliances. Are you having, are you having a fucking stroke, man? <laughs> He's like, you God want another beer fridge? And I'm like, does a bear shit in the woods? How many, how many, did you have three cases of bush light? <laughs> What is going on? You want to have one of those chains? Can you first... can you push the button if you fall over? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Is this still ticking? Yep. Uh, no. Long story short, I inherited a giant beer fridge from my mother-in-law, and I keep Bush Light in there for my friends. You know, some friends might get a little bit better beer, but you know, a lot of friends. Say, damn, you don't like your friends much, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Where I'm from, I'm from South Louisiana, and it, it's my reference to gas station beer, it's Bud, Bud Light, Coors, Miller, Michelob is like the high end hick beer, um, all that shit. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Keystone, Natty, mm-hmm. and Bush, the, the low tiers. So but what I'm saying is most people drink that where I'm from. So if you went to someone's house and they had a beer full of Keystone light and they were like, help yourself, you'd be like, hell yeah, cut. And you would drink that shit. If I, that's why I say if I went to his house and he opened the fridge, I'm like, we about to crush some cans. Oh, bro. yeah. The well, ask, ask. Oh, Grindhouse is from it's all Mick Golden Light. That's that's well there is well there is no gas station beer. You well yeah that's right get, yeah okay, so you can't get your beer to gas station. But we do we do have a rule here, and I'm I'm going to say this so just in case he listens he knows. My buddy Todd, he'll totally get this. There's one rule in the house and one rule only: you never bitch about the free beer. Fuck <laughs> no, fuck no, you don't. <laughs> I, I do want to ask: Is uh, he didn't state exactly where you're from, so I won't pry. But are they in the are they in the Stone Ages? You can't get beer at a gas station. Uh, they are in the Stone Ages. Yes. What is yes. happening? I, I I don't know. Um, Minnesota is so bad. Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, you can't. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just yeah. You can't. It's, they just started letting you buy beer on Sundays in the last couple of years. I think exactly for six whole hours you can buy beer on a Sunday. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. That well, is and it's fucking six insane. precious, precious what, hours to me. <laughs> when I moved down here, every single person in Iowa drinks Bush Light. That's the beer of choice. And every single person down here drinks about 50 of them in a day. Yeah. And when yeah. I moved down here and I saw full power beer at gas stations and I walked into my Target and I'm like, what? what's this? There's wait a second, you guys have beer here? And then, wait, you got wine too? Mm -hmm. Hold on, is this vodka? Like, you guys have an entire yeah. in your target with liquor? I'm like, what planet am I on? That's how- Yeah, it's very, very oh, common yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah, Again, totally, hey, totally. In, yeah. in Louisiana, we have drive-through daiquiri shacks. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not kidding. You drive, you drive in, you look at the large menu of delicious, and then you place your order- Always get the big one, and if you go to New Orleans Daiquiri, it's off the menu, but ask for the motherfucker, and you you about to get tall up, cunt. So you fucking get this big-ass cup, and they give you a straw, and they're like, peace. No shit. <laughs> Some places, if you order a beer, they crack it open for you. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, see, it Louisiana. sounds like it sounds like Wisconsin, except for over there, it's okay to marry your sister. So yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, that's probably we, Louisiana too. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah, lie. You, you, <laughs> Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> this happens every time we come here. That guy just bit another guy. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Okay. Okay. We got to fucking go. Where's the Winnebago or whatever the fuck they have in that movie? I don't know. Just, just pop the VHS tape in. Let's go. Let's get rocking. Last time anyone counted, 53 million people were dying every year, 150,000 every day, 107 every minute. It had become an us versus them world. All we were looking for was a place where there was no them. Lousy times make lousy people. All the wrong people are dying. This island needs to be rid of them. We like it here. We think the best way of seeing this through is here. We don't want no place. We want some place. Like where? Like an island. It's an island off the coast of Delaware. Come on over. <laughs> the only families ever lived on this island were yours and mine. No strangers. What are you gonna do with them? They're Muldoons. It's up to me to save them. You can't save a person who's already dead. Somebody's gonna find a cure for this. Oh. A beautiful place to live. And to die. Give me some more bullets for this gun. We got to get these things to learn to eat something other than us. Tonight, for your listening pleasure, we have Survival of the Dead. And this is a 2009 release, rated R, clocking in at exactly 90 minutes. This is capping off the Of the Dead series by George A. Romero. This one here is 
obviously written and directed by George Romero, but we play the game and I know Grindhouse, you're familiar with the game. If you, if you, if you've already looked it up, then we'll let Tibu do it, but let's start guessing where we're at on the B. I'll let you go first. If you haven't checked. Oh God. Um, Jesus. Uh, gotta be 20, 25, maybe 2.5. Oh, on the, okay. On the B. Um, yeah, two. I'll go two point five. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, Mr. Tibu, where do you think on IMDb? I've been wrong about the the latter half of of the zombie series of the Dead series. Um, it, you know, user ratings in this movie. I really don't know how the horror community feels about this movie, other than I, I've heard some people just have you know no love for it whatsoever. So for context, Diary got 5.6 and 62%. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like higher than I would have thought for a movie that a lot of people were hating on that movie as well. And if anyone listened, I hope you're not starting this series here. Go back to the beginning and listen to the whole thing. But I've been rating these movies pretty high, I would say, all of them. For the B, I think Grindhouse was close, man, because it just feels like this one's more... People just fucking shit on it. I'll 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 go at three point two. Okay, four point nine. So a little bit more than again higher than I yeah. Really? I've been coming in low on these. And we'll move on to Rotten Tomatoes. This is the critic score. So what percentage for the critic score? Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, twenty seven percent. Critics tend to like Romero though. They really do. Uh Okay, we're in the middle there. Yeah, a little bit lower than, and the weird thing is, is I think the other ones had a higher critic score. They did. IMDb, so we're we're bucking that trend. Budget-wise, where are we coming in? Where do we think we came in at a budget for this? Well, they had a ferry. They literally had a ferry. That, that That had to have cost something for a day. They've got some special effects, shoddy, but special effects. And mm, I'm going to go with one and a half million dollars. Grindhouse? Yeah, see this movie, they focused, if you, if you watch it, they focused on the quality of the kills and the inventiveness of the kills. Um, uh, th- three and a half million. Four million. Had oh, double, shit. The budget, double the budget as the last one, yep. This is starring Alan Van Spring as Star- Sarge, and he was in Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead, and we'll get into that more in a minute here. He was also oh, but, but point, point here, point here, and I found this interesting because I, I, I had to go and watch this and look this up. Yep. In um, Diary of the Dead, he was a colonel. Yep. So somehow, he was supposed to be the same character, but so somehow <laughs> between, between Diary and survival he was demoted to a sergeant (laughs) and i'm thinking there probably wasn't like a lot of government structure left to demote him (laughs) so i how how the fuck did that happen well actually they they had already they had already um defected if you will yeah the beginning of the movie they kind of showed that i just think he was called sarge for like i I mean real military that would never happen but i think it was just more of like a Hey, Sarge. I'm not really sure, but that's kind of kind of my guess. Kenneth Walsh is a friend of the show as well. He was in 
well, he was a narrator of Psycho Gorman, which I wasn't going to bring yep. that up, but since Mr. Tebu was wearing the T-shirt, I thought I should should bring that up. Sick shirt. Love that movie. Love that movie. Yep, that's an awesome movie. Yep. The Void, one of my all-timers, he was in that as well. He's in the Fog remake, Exorcism of Emily Rose. This also starred Kathleen Monroe as Janet, and she was also in The Void. And funny enough that... If you look at the top build, after the first three, it's all the characters from Diary of the Dead. So I'm not sure if I yeah. got that right, but it's, it's, you know, Sean Roberts and all basically, you know, the five main characters from. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The one flashback to the RV scene. Yep. 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 Yeah. Where, so, yeah. So they, in, in land, he was Brubaker, but of, yep. of unknown, um, you know, rank. And then he moved up and then he moved up, but then they, they kind of pulled all that back and then they showed that flashback and it was like, and they, they called themselves, I, think, I believe it was stick up guys. We became stick up guys. And yeah. It was like, we were just, and it's like, well, okay. If you're a stick up guy, I, I, I still struggle with the, how'd you go from being a Colonel to a Sergeant? I just. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's, that's going to carry us and segue into some of the trivia stuff I had, you know, a couple of the smaller notes that are, are kind of interesting, especially to Grindhouse and I, who are huge zombie nerds. The same horse that was used in the pilot of The Walking Dead was also used in this movie, which if you think about it, they both came out around the same time. I think Walking Dead was 2008, I believe, yeah. Yeah. when it came out. This one was the least successful of the dead films, which I didn't even want to embarrass anybody by looking at box office and worldwide numbers because altogether it still didn't even eclipse half a million i don't think so well this movie this movie wasn't even released in theaters it, did, it had a limited release 20 yeah. theaters it did 20 yeah. theaters yeah. Yep. yep it was pretty pretty limited but there's a reason for that as well too but we'll get into that romero had two more sequels for this in the works one of them is road of the dead which i believe we've had a conversation or we talked about in the past as well but carrying more on sarge's character i was watching some special feature whatnot stuff and, and some interesting things came up but romero said that this is the first time in his movies where he was able to have i guess a returning character so he did say that it is the exact same character from Brubaker and Land of the Dead to Diary to coming in to Survival of the Dead as well. So he answered a couple other questions in there as well too, in that even though they're his movies, he wrote, he directed, they're his babies. The problem and why he couldn't create a universe, because ideally he wanted to create a universe. He wanted to create, you know, what we are seeing in the Marvel universe with all the superheroes on the characters but he was unable to because there's so many different people that own rights and characters and 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 yeah i mean so he was unable to do that for the most part otherwise that was his goal i mean he really did want to have everything and tie it all together but he wasn't able to there's a couple other things he said that were interesting so there's oh god bless it i can't think of it Grindhouse, you might be able to help me out here. The documentary that there's a documentary of the making of this movie. Did you happen to see that? Um, well, I've seen a lot of Romero documentaries, everything from that one to the one that um, Pitt did. Um, and they talked about uh, the the museum and the, the classes that they, they actually 
at, at Pitt, they actually teach classes on, mm -hmm. on George Romero and, and what he's meant to the horror, um, the horror community. This is one um, that was done by uh, that, that Felsher, Felsher guy, I think. I can't remember, but it was, it's an hour and 10 minute long documentary on just, well, anyways, I guess where I was getting with that was, is watching that, he asked a bunch of questions and, and you could tell the, that that guy is a huge zombie Romero fan nerd. He asked the same questions that I had, and, and I, I'm kind of upset that I didn't watch this until now because it did open my eyes to certain things. But one of the main things he asked was, you know, why are you using more practical effects? And what I will say is, is I 100% disagree with what he said, and I think it's kind of a cop-out. But he said – and again, this kind of ties into why I'm drinking the bush light because he just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, the way I look at it is, is you know, I love the man. He was old. He was tired. But he said, you know what? Oh, yeah. The analogy he used was, I don't even know where to start with this. I should have I should have had something written down because there's so much I want to say. I'm going to get all over the place. Okay, let's look at it this way. One of the analogies he used was squibs. You know, why do we use so much CGI? We talked about this on the last couple episodes, especially – the survival uh, or sorry diary episode with the cgi blood splatter what he said was is is it was costly well i'm thinking how much more costly is it i think he was talking more on the side of a shooting schedule he says you know if you shoot you have to time the squib with the bullet and the actor's reaction if that's not right then you have to change clothes you got to clean the set clean all that it's time consuming blah 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 etc but I, I, I'm beating a dead horse with this here, but how many times have we had this conversation, Tibu, where practical effects are king? It, mm -hmm. it, you know, maybe at the time this looked better and it wasn't much of an issue. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I saw it, but it just doesn't hold up. You know, at the time, again, it might have been okay, but in, to, I no, wonder. No, to that, to that point. Well, what? What do you wonder? Well, I, I wonder had he known that it would be that drastic of or notice, noticeable of a difference between, you know, CGI 10, 12 years ago compared to now, had he gone full practical? I mean, am I out of bounds on that? Or do you No. Well, I feel like what I'm going to, ultimately, but what I'm going to say is I know for a fact that Kevin Smith made Tusk for less than $4 million a, a few years later. And yes, he did manage to wrangle Greg Nicotero for the special effects, but yeah, I, 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 I do – I'll say it like this. For certain movies of certain substance, especially in the horror realm because horror has the most special effects or practical effects, whatever, out of any genre that I've seen other than like fantasy or, or, or science fiction. But if the, if the substance is there, I can forgive some of the shortcomings of, let's say, the CGI or what have you. But I do still agree, like, if, if, if you can – how can you not, out of $4 million, what did they spend that budget on? Like, seriously, $4 million bucks, And you only had, yeah, one scene with squibs, a lot of – I don't know. I mean, to my eyes, what, so he like did, a lot of what I will say is he, most of the stuff that you see was supplemented with CGI. So most of it was practical, supplemented with CGI. But, again – Greg Nicotero some some of the Nicotero. some of the effects uh, just some of the effects look look even like, diary yeah diary wasn't 
like the bees need like after day of the dead dude there's nothing there's nothing that's that's the king but yeah some of these i forget what is greg nicotero because of george a romero i mean obviously he's king in the mountain and he has been for a long time with kb effects but you had to imagine that back in 2008 when they were doing this he would have given romero a screaming deal and with the budget of four million dollars blew my mind i feel like half of that was used on renting that fucking ferry for a day (laughs) i mean that's just me i I highly doubt a ferry to rent would even cost a hundred thousand i highly doubt that yeah so i don't i don't understand keep in mind this is all this is all in in toronto this is canadian all the kickbacks they get and it's cheaper to film so i i don't understand where the four million went then and and i'm not trying to be ugly about it because there was a lot of onset shooting almost all of it outside of the the talk radio talk show radio host was all on site and i know traveling back and forth and whatnot but still this is only like a 30-day shoot i think maybe a little bit over so what are your thoughts on this grindhouse well going to the cgi yeah i I think we all know and we all kind of um digested from diary that the cgi was going to be prominent um i think it's and we talked about it. It's it's what he had to do to make his get his movies made. That's what he had to do. He didn't, he didn't really have a choice, you know. Um, he had he had kind of come over his crest, and he was just kind of following um, things as they were. And the unfortunate part is, as <clears throat> as visionary as he was, he had to make some sacrifices. And you know, I think that's where he made them. I mean, if you look at the movie um, in, in its in its total. Um, some of the some of the kills were just absolutely great. I mean, you have the fire extinguisher kill, um, you have the flare gun kill. I mean, you know, the guy lights his he lights his he leans in and lights his smoke off the burning zone. That just, is badass. That is badass. And homeboy hanging upside down, uh, next to a zombie, and all the zombies are approaching. Right? Yep. Like that was something. I, when, when that scene was playing out, I was sitting there thinking. I don't remember ever seeing this before. This is, this is pretty cool. Well, and that's my thing. I think so. Once he realized that, you know, okay, I, I have to submit to this. What he did was go, okay, if I'm going to have to use this CGI, I'm going to make these kills as absolutely awesome as I can. I mean, he just, he like just went over the top. I mean, who kills a zombie with a fire extinguisher for Christ's sakes, right. you know, and just to where it's, it's eyes are <laughs> popping out of its head. As I, I do want to say, as much as it, it sounds like I might be shitting on it, I'm, ask, I'm just asking a question to me about the budget because I think about that sometimes when it comes to films. But I like a lot of the kills in this movie, even if they're hokey looking or, or like I said earlier, shoddy, just kind of like, eh, even for the time. But the substance is there. That, that, that was the point that I did want to make is this movie's got some substance. Um, I don't know if, Boss Tuna, if you have this in your trivia, uh, the fact of the fact that this movie is more a Western ish mm-hmm. or Amen. based in Amen. Yep. Based on being a Western than it is, you know, so much him trying to have a social commentary like he's not known for because he never puts those in his films, as he said. But uh <laughs> but this is more this is more I don't know if it's personal to him or if he just loved certain Western films growing up, but survival of the dead which even kind of sounds like it'd be a western movie name if you took out the zombie aspect in my opinion i i i pick up a lot on 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 that with the 
the whole dueling families and that's e that's even a maybe it's an everywhere thing that's, but that's definitely a southern thing too. that's where it came from and if we're going to backtrack a little bit more so as, as much as we were dogging more so me dogging on diary of the dead that was pretty successful overall we know how hollywood works that movie came out and he was getting hounded and he was you know because it, i mean it, the turnover in hollywood is so fast they they want to keep rolling because you know, we don't know how, how far this zombie genre thing is going to go. They wanted him, him to pump another movie out ASAP. And he was talking to the producers and the funders. And he said, give me some time to breathe. Let me try to figure something out. So, you know, you got to give him a little bit of, of, of slack in that this story was kind of put together faster than he wanted. Because if you think about it, look at, you know, Night 68, Dawn 78 day 85 he had a lot of time to create and build those stories those worlds those universes these last movies they pumped out really fast and it's because hey we don't know how long this this train's going to be rolling down this zombie central here pump it out so this movie was based off of a the story ultimately was based off of an old western and i can't <coughs> movie is offhand but it was basically about two feuding families in a Western. So that's where, where it came from was from an old movie from, I want to say it was the late forties or something like that, early fifties. I'm, I'm not really sure. Oh shit. It's, it's the original Hatfields and McCoys. That's really what it is. Pretty it's, much. It's, pretty it's much. Two people, two people feuding over a piece of land and who's going to win, yep. you know? And as, as much as the O'Flynn's in the Muldoon's maybe didn't quite carry it. I mean, it really is the same story. I mean, it, and it's, it's, it's a dichotomy that if you think about it, really, it transcends all of us. I mean, it goes back and back. And oh, back it's, and it's back. a story that's been told through multiple cultures and generations and the story it's is tribal. familiar. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent is so, but as far as with, I don't know. I, I mean, part of me still wants to talk about the CGI stuff, but I've been beating this fucking horse to a bloody pulp for a long, long time. But the last thing I'll say just as, as far as playing devil's advocate to you both is when we look at these iconic kills, let's look at that fire extinguisher run. A lot of that was practical. The CGI that they added in were the eyeballs popping out. How hard is it to have a head cast, do some quick cuts and literally blow shit out of it you see, what's fucked up about that, though, is I actually noticed and liked the eyeballs popping out. So even if they were CGI in that scene, and I was dogging on it a little bit, too, based on, again, budgetary consideration. But, yeah, it's iconic for that reason. I still I still was, like, drawn in by the, oh, look, shit, the eyeballs popped yeah. out. That's fucking awesome. I'm going to say that I don't know if anybody's going to ever win me over with this argument because I'll always think that. CGI can be done at a, well, I will say even better. We, we are getting to the point now where, or not CGI, practical, sorry, but we are getting to the point now where the CGI is so damn good. But I think we're still going to have, I mean, you never know, 20 years from now, we might be having, you know, 50K TVs or whatever it is and watching shit from today that, you know, you'll be able to see difference on. What do you got? I don't, well, I don't well, care. But, but, but here's the thing though. Yeah, you can. Here's the thing, though, with, with the CGI, you can always see it, and we're always going to yep. see it. Yeah, you never know. Though. Something about the human eye that catches it, man. The difference here, though, the difference here is that with, I think, with this movie, and maybe a little bit 
a little bit in diary, but definitely in this movie, we have shifted the really awesome kind of pragmatic kills from um, the people to the zombies. Wow. You know, if you think if you think about Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, people just got absolutely shredded. And then you think about Land of the Dead, where they had the people be shredded, but then they also had the zombies evolve, and they had a couple of really good zombie kills in Land. Um, the big head stomp by Big Daddy was really kind of a kind of a cool thing. So they've he, he's, he kind of tipped it, and he's like, you know what, this is what I have to work with. So you know what, you know, screw you, Big Hollywood. I'm going to I'm going to change this, and I'm going to make it to the point where okay, the zombies, my ever loving protagonist of all this this whole thing, you know, the ones that I've always, because if, if, if you don't think that George Romero has been rooting for zombies from day one, he, he, I mean, he's been rooting for them. You just know it. And now he's changed it. Now he's changed it to, well, <laughs> okay. So now the zombies are going to get their comeuppance and they're going to get, you know, a fire extinguisher in the mouth. They're going to get a flare gun in the gut where their head burns and a guy lights his cigarette off the, the flaming eyeballs of the zombie. I mean, you know, there's a couple, there's a, there's a pitchfork kill later that I thought was pretty good. Um, you, you get know, the zombie skull falling back down on top of the zombie's head. That one well, is the one that, that, that one's the one that really. The wiener skewer. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. The wiener skewer on the, on the ship. <laughs> O'Flynn, remember when he takes the, the hot dog deal and. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, but the one that bothered me was the, the zombie skull falling back down on top of the head. That, that one I was like, is this like a Bugs Bunny cartoon right now? <laughs> like, what happened? But as silly as it was, I remember it. So that plays into my rating, too. Well, well, it, yeah. well exactly. So, but he's, he's completely flipped the script. He, he's taken it away from these really hardcore people kills where you see the bloods and the, the, and the guts and the, the pig entrails and whatever else. And he's like, okay, so you guys, you guys are going to give me this amount of money. You're going to say, make a film that people will watch. And almost nobody watched. Um, but, and he's like, so he flipped it, you know, and he's made it like, okay, so if we're going to go down this road, I'm going to make it so we're getting to a place where, because if you think about this film, and if you really think about it, this is the first film where the zombies are actually losing. The zombies are losing. Yeah. You know, and, and he makes, he makes the point of it with all the kills. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this this movie, it says right away that it takes place three weeks into the epidemic, pandemic, whatnot. And a little plot, I guess, for those that may not have seen this, there's probably not a lot out there listening to this, but we've got these two families that are on this plot of land. It's actually an island off the coast of Delaware, I believe. This is a story about the Muldoons in, did you say <laughs> Iowa? Off the coast. Uh, it's of- called it, oh, it's called Plum Island. Plum yeah, Island. Plum Island. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got I got to jump the, in off here the coast of say, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fucking uh, co- like not even coastal, uh, landlocked, <laughs> landlocked motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. I got to I, I got to jump in and say right here, right now. Are we Are we gonna dive in? Are we diving in? Dive. Yeah. All right. Go for it. The, the movie starts with with a like a prologue where you get in, reintroduced to Colonel Sergeant whatever the fuck um, you know he's from Diary of the Dead. They're all like uh, you know you, you said deserters right like they they've abandoned their post they've gone AWOL 
but they were yeah. all in the army. It's um. Uh, well, uh, I mean, the beginning opens up with them basically murdering their captain, the manager, well, well, and then they desert. Well, kind of, kind of. It, so he, he's, he's. You almost think you're getting a diary sequel because it seems like he's talking to the camera, but he's looking at his dead friend who's becoming a zombie. And then he's like, you know, you're the one that he's talking to the captain. You're the one that led us into this. You got him fucking killed. And now he's got to die again. So you do it. And the guy can't. And that's something that comes up later again in the film. Um, and then like the most stealth, this movie has the most, the most stealth zombies of any zombie movie I've ever seen throughout because this zombie <laughs> this zombie just lurches around the corner like he's in this how do you get in there I don't understand this this part but I don't give a fuck because he shows up and bites half the, the guy's face off and is gnawing on it you see the fucking teeth in the in the the side of the cheek on on the guy it's fucking cool as shit and that's when you get the you know the the stupid kill that's again it's stupid but damn i remember it but yes jump ahead so 6 days ish or whatever into the zombie apocalypse you get an irish island it's an irish island and i don't know a lot about the history of the northeast so maybe plum island could be a thing but i did not know that this was off the coast of Delaware until after I watched the movie and looked up the plot to get a little bit of notes together. And I was like, wait, what? So I went back and watched this movie tonight, guys, before the show. It's my second watch of this movie ever. I watched it once last night in preparation. Tonight I watched it again. What the fuck is going on here? For real, though? Why are there two Irish families fighting on an island outside of Delaware in what is a world that has laptops and cell phones. It's, it's like you get transported between the like mid 1900s <laughs> in Ireland and then 2009 in America. I just took I, it as a long, long, long time ago that island was inhabited by two families and they did not like each other. And it's kind of, been but that. they, but they stayed there. Yeah, they divided themselves by a bridge. Cool. But they stayed there, and they stayed Irish as fuck. Yeah. They all sound Irish. Yeah, they didn't lose any. What the fuck? Whatsoever. No, none of them I mean, did. They're all Irish. Man, you better sell that shit with – I mean, it's like Terry the helicopter pilot. That motherfucker, that Jamaican, did not lose his accent in many years of being in that bunker. No, but I, I, but a whole island after just a few days, but it's been years since who knows what they're doing over there. But I got to say for Grindhouse, that kind of stupid, silly shit, I love it. I, lo I love that there's an island off the coast of Delaware where two Irish families are still Irish as shit and they're feuding and a zombie apocalypse is happening at the same time. It's a, this plot, like who could write, who writes this? It's amazing. It's amazing. This, this is definitely happened. more of a story between, yeah, the families than any zombie. It's like, yeah, let's sprinkle a couple of zombies in here. A part of me after, after watching that documentary, Romero didn't outright say it, but after him admitting that he was pressured to have another movie, he, cause he did say he always wanted to do 
a um, Western. Mm-hmm. He never admitted it. And I don't think he ever did. But part of me is like, this is the movie no, he, he wanted to do, and he couldn't, so he's sprinkled some zombies in. And he didn't get to make a western, and and westerns don't make money, so that's that's kind. Of, Hollywood or or producers even shy away from westerns nowadays, which I don't understand. I love westerns, and I love western blends. Um, I'm a big fan of Sergio Leone. I grew up watching all of his movies, the Dollars trilogy. Uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of westerns. And the Dark Tower series by Stephen King is my favorite shit of all time. So and that's kind of a pseudo Western. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of things. It's, it's amazing. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I, w- with this one, I think it's a total Western. It's absolute across the board. It's a Western. If you look at the, if you look at the people, if you look at their attire, if you look at their armaments, it's an absolute Western. There's, yeah. I mean, there's no getting around it. Nobody, you know, it's only until the interlopers come that they have automatic weapons and whatever else. Yeah, even says so you get together with your rusty old trinkets, and we got our. Well, yeah, yeah but he... if, if you look at it though, even Sarge, the Sarge, the Colonel, Brubaker, whatever the fuck his name is, um, <laughs> nicotine. He's 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 rocking dual six shooters. That's what he's rocking. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, this is this movie is a western. You know, it's, zombies it's, notwithstanding, it's a, it's a western. I think this is a zomcom western. Is 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 the way I. Once I started watching this movie, I got the tone of it pretty early on, and I was like, okay. And I want to say right now, every time O'Flynn and Muldoon, Seamus and what's what's uh, uh O'Flynn Patrick, Patrick uh, O'Flynn, every time they're on screen, either separate having their own scene with another character or together. I loved it. Loved it. I was like, yeah. these, the, those two actors seemed like levels above other people around them acting. And look, I'm not going to shit on the acting in this movie because I liked the, the performances in diary. They didn't bother me at all. I thought, okay, cool. This movie same thing, except a few actors gave a little bit more. I think um, our lead guy, Sergeant Colonel, I think he 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 did a good job, <laughs> and <laughs> and and uh, again, Patrick Patrick O'Flynn and Seamus Muldoon. I don't know the actors' names. I know you said them, but I'm, I don't. I, I know the character names more. But they, I thought they really did a great job. I was hooked, and and O'Flynn is is funny. He's funny as well. I know we're jumping around while we're talking about this. We barely even dived in, but the scene where um, Sarge throws his rainy day grenade and blows the entire wall off of uh, of, of the 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 dock house that that O'Flynn and his men are, are are held up in, shooting at them. None of them die, which is preposterous. But out of nowhere, O'Flynn's like, "Jesus, Mary, what the fuck was that, boys?" It just made me. It's like a lot of things this dude says in the movie and the way he delivers his performance and his lines. He hands off dynamite to zombies and he's like, thank you. And he hauls ass and all the zombies fucking explode. That shit's, I, that, again, going back to, I've never seen this before. And it's Looney Tunes. Okay, I'm going to pause you right there yeah. because literally the first two things I wrote down once I started watching the movie was Three Stooges or Looney Tunes or both? 
because that is 100% what this is. <laughs> it's Looney Tunes. It's it's Looney more, Tunes. I would say it's more yep. Looney Tunes. Totally. So schlocky. Yeah. That's what drives me nuts. And I know that, again, I talked about this a handful of times already. We're coming down the pike with the Romero movies, and, yeah, they are transitioning. Funny enough, he did mention this in the documentary, the, the Felsher documentary, where he's like, yeah, I know some of my peers are not going to like this because they are not going to like the zombies and whatnot that I've created. But he knew what he was creating. I watched the, my movie with the introduction from George Romero, and he's like, yep, it's a silly little comedy that's got some zombies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, fuck. Truth be told, I, I own this movie, but I haven't seen this in a long, long, long time. Wait, wait. So I haven't seen this stuff. So Romero actually did say this is meant to be a silly, funny com- yeah, he's comedy. He's like, oh, there's – I forgot how he in – the, in the version I have, he does an introduction to it. And he says that this is a fun little – you know, comedy, he, he, he outright admits that it's comedy in. I did, I did read that when he was writing uh, what he was being helped write the script and that's what led to the controversy behind road never getting made. Um, I believe the gentleman's name is Matt or Mike Berman that co-wrote the script, basically wrote the script and Romero interjected with his thoughts and, you know, laid down the final law type deal. I read that he said there needs to be more jokes. So he was trying to make a comedy. This makes this makes this movie make a lot more sense to know that it was his intention, not just like how Grindhouse said what he had to work with, which I know that's a factor. Even though I harped on the four million dollars, who knows where the budget went? I'm I don't I didn't keep track of it, and maybe it did get spent on shit that we can't keep track of. But knowing he wanted to make a comedy. And in my opinion, made one. It's it's he was doing what he wanted to do. That's so it. So this that that brings up a point as well too, because he did want to obviously have another two movies back to back, and it didn't happen. And the consensus is that his health and sickness prevented that. I would say more so than that is the lack of success with this movie, because this movie came out and. 2008 he didn't die until 2017 so i mean we're talking there's there's he was i've I've already told you the truth about this what's that he was old and tired yeah matt 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 berman or mike berman was gonna direct road of the dead he was giving up directing it he was like yeah dude you do it carry on the he was old and tired I don't think he just had the funding for it, to be honest, because even when I was watching George Romero's was, name, couldn't at least get a million? You don't think? I don't know, man. I don't know. At least a million. Well, yes. Yes. But you're going to have too many fingers, too many hands stirring the pot kind of thing. Too many fingers in the twat? Yeah. Too many fingers. Yeah, but do you not see it, though? Do you, do you not see the beauty of this movie? The beauty of this movie is it was – it was a Bugs Bunny cartoon full of zombies. That's what it was. <laughs> now, the dynamite that Tibu talks about when the whole shed gets blown up and those guys are all standing there and they've got like they've got like the you know the scar the soot, marks. Soot exactly. Yeah. I mean that was exactly what that was. And that's that I think is a big piece of where he sacrificed going through these whole things. It was like, so I'm gonna do this like, oh, grenades thrown. And there's no bodies flying, there's no it's just like this. 
and the somebody on offset throws a whole big pile of wood and then people throw <laughs> they show up there it's like oh my face is all soot burnt and whatever else but i'm still alive you know and it was that's kind of what it was i i, I honestly i think this was his like his great like you know what i'm going out i know that i'm going out it's probably my last one i have plans but this is probably my last one so you know what i'm going to give you a big giant middle finger and he had fun with this he absolutely had fun with this and it, it's in all the we'll call them practical effects and practical being a guy throwing a handful of wood um you know or or later like there's some later scenes when they're in the barn and there's things happening in the barn and they're still throwing handfuls of wood you know and they're just they're just kind of there's kind of like it's that, that's all that's happening they're fucking wood chucking throughout the entire fucking well, movie God well, exactly but but people are but you totally if if you're a zombie nerd if you get george romero if you understand what he's trying to say i think you totally get it and i think that's the beauty of it and i think that that was the part that like for the commercial audiences that's what was lost people were like how come there's not more blood more guts and there's no more entrails and there's whatever else and well, it's like, you know, we've kind of gotten past that. We need to evolve a little bit. Well, People, he, gave, he gave a, he did give us some at the end. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you look at the last, I think, I think he did a nod to the day of the dead scene where they dragged the legs away. Yeah. In my opinion. You guys are, are bringing up some good points and topics. So we haven't obviously gotten to our ratings or anything yet, but I can tell you guys like this a lot more than I did. And it's already making me want to go back and, <laughs> view it again in a different lens, even though I did watch this twice again, repeated it over the last couple of days, but we're running, was, so we're not going to do like a scene by scene uh, like we normally would, but we're, we're going to chat about a few other kind of points, I guess, because yeah, we get the, 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 the crew, we get introduced to our cast of characters, which is the military people. It's the same ones that held up the Winnebago in the, in the diary of the dead. They basically are trying to find a place to go. They find a truck, an armored truck. It's got some money on it. Hey, it is funny because part of me was like, "Well, what the oh. hell do you need money for?" But again, we're only a few hold days. On. Hold, hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me just dive in right here, and I'll, I'll get us where you want to go. But I just got to say, when you get in, because we never talked about it. When you're on Plum Island, you get introduced to the Muldoons. Muldoons and the O'Flins. Yes, when you get introduced to the Muldoons and the O'Flins. That's when shit really starts to hit the fan. You meet O'Flynn's daughter, uh, Janet, I believe her name is. Yes. And she's kind of against her dad going around killing everyone who is a zombie. Then you get introduced. Oh, we're, we're, we're not going to do this movie justice tonight. You, the wife, uh, the, there are cousins of Seamus Muldoon, a husband and wife who keep their kids locked up upstairs who have become zombies. The wife gets shot to death after pulling a gun on all of O'Flynn's men. And then the husband has to shoot her in the head so she doesn't become a zombie. Seamus Muldoon, he wants to keep all the zombies alive. He wants to treat them with respect. And we, he's like, we have to keep the ones that we love or whatever. He, his idea is preposterous. It's, it's so stupid. But it, 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 it comes across well. They have all the O'Flynn's at gunpoint, and they're like, y'all, we're going to kill. Come on, come on outside, boys. You know, and, and you know what's about to happen. Janet, the daughter of O'Flynn, is like, please, just send him away. Uh, exile him. So uh, Patrick O'Flynn and a few of his guys that, that decide to go with him, 
they all fucking get sent on a little speedboat or whatever that little fucking boat is. They're, they're, they're heading off. The, it's a dinghy, man. And that's where my mind was fucked up in, during the movie. Because I was like, wait a minute. They're leaving Ireland on that boat to go where? What the fuck? And then they end up in America? Because, yes, like you were saying, the troop, they find an armored vehicle after killing some hicks that had been spiking zombie heads for fun. And they come across this this character that's only known as Boy. That's the only credit I got for this yep. guy. Yep. He's a young kid that's good with a gun, but not as good as Sarge. And the armored truck has like a what a million plus bucks in it, and yeah, and, and uh, like one million three hundred ten dollars or something. Yep. And, and yeah, and they're, and they're like, "Damn, you counted that?" And he's like, "No, there's a ledger." <laughs> um, this this I want this movie has a lot of good dialogue in it here and there that reminds me of. It reminds me of Romero, man. Like, there's funny. He's always had funny lines, even if you didn't think they were meant to be funny. I think back in Dawn, they there were funny lines. Yeah, that that was the difference. Is, is they weren't meant to be, but they were. And now, dude, you didn't think Romero wasn't laughing his ass off when he wrote, "We got this, man. We got this by the ass." I don't. Or, I don't think he was. Oh fuck that! I I, I disagree with that. Based on based on what he puts out. Because I think he's got a sense of humor. He even wrote to the guy that was writing the script, we need more jokes. He wanted to be – uh, so anyway, the, the the troop gets in this armored truck, and they're like, oh, fuck. What, 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 where are they going at this point? I forget. Well, they, uh, heard, they heard a, a – uh, Oh, they got Patrick's video. Yeah. 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 Sarge and Kenny the, – the, the Sarge, Kenny, they're two dudes in the troop along with Cisco, and there's Tomboy. A girl that is a lesbian and she has a great masturbating thing. The, uh, the very first time we meet Tomboy was hilarious. That was yeah, just out there flicking the bean in the middle of a field with all these dudes around. I was like, I, I forgot about that. I'm watching the first time. I'm like, what in the, is that? Oh yeah, okay, that's that's going down. I it thought was that was funny. fucking awesome. I liked. I liked I'm going to say, I don't like a lot of characters in this, but I did like the relationship between Cisco and Tomboy. I thought that was mm -hmm. funny because you get the playboy and he's all like, just give me five minutes. That's all I need, baby. <laughs> That's a running line throughout their relationship in the film. Mm -hmm. and, and I agree. Their chemistry is really good. I like Kenny and Sarge's chemistry. I like all their chemistry, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just bit, off, I, I bit off one of his fingers, but I didn't swallow any blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're, well, we're yeah. coming. We're coming to this. I'm trying to get us through this because I know I know we're pressed for time, but man, there's so much in this. I I, I took so many notes. Um, <laughs> they go to this dock where the troop goes to the dock, and they have boy with them, where they're supposed to, I guess, you know, find a boat to get to the island. They, they're they're going to try to get there, and that's where O'Flynn and his men have. And they, they set up people here and ambush them, take their shit. They're dealing with some fucking military personnel. So they kind of have strategy. They know what, you know, we can try to, uh, I think it's Cisco, right? One of them notices the boat across the, the ferry across the way. And they're like, we can fucking take that shit and we can put the truck, the armored truck on it. Get on it and head over. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what Grindhouse was saying. That's when Cisco decides he will volunteer to swim over with open fire raining down upon him and this this is one of those shots again where the imagery is shit but the idea of it transcends the imagery 
and just makes me, oh, I love the idea of zombies reaching up in the water and trying to pull you down as you're swimming and gunfire is raining over you. This is epic. This is actually epic, just done shittily. Well, low, or low budget, you know, constraints. So not shittily, but just with what he had. But the idea is really fucking cool. Cisco gets over there and was tomboy like swam right behind him, right? Yep. 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 Because she saves his life. There's there, yeah, that's the scene where you get the multiple zombie kills <laughs> that just happened one. This is yeah, this is where we get the the fire extinguisher kill and Yeah, and, and this is also where we we've already covered enough the explosion of the dock house and the Looney Tunes aspect of Patrick O'Flynn handing off dynamite to the zombies that willingly take it and or confused and enamorated yep. by the the sky flower, the little sky flowers. They all explode, and Patrick O'Flanagan, like a boss, manages to jump from the dock to the escaping ferry ship that the troop is on. And Tomboy, again, man, shows she's a good person. Mm -hmm. Goes over there and saves him and tells him even, like, you're lucky, because if I weren't me, yeah, I like that scene. Oh, man, I know I'm I'm carrying us through this. I'm so sorry. Let's, Let's touch on some keynotes and get where we need to go. They get to the island. And they discover that there are zombies there acting out their, their old lives. There's a mailman. There's Lumber. some guy chopping wood. Yeah. Some chick pushing a wheel. I don't know. Wheelbarrow. And there's a zombie. There's a zombie on a horse that looks like Janet. Uh, oh, the, the Pussyfoot River. Cause, oh. you know, yeah, because it's a pussy, pussy of a river. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the line, though. He's like, Pussyfoot. He's like. I'm keeping up with you just fine, old man. Yeah. That, yeah. No, it's it's a pussyfoot because it's a pussy of a river. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. I will, I will say one of the cool things too is we find out that all of these people that Patrick O'Flynn was sending over without any gear showed up to the island, and we got a little bit of this before he was exiled. In that we knew that Muldoon did not want any quote unquote outsiders. Coming in, everybody he sent over was murdered, and we find them yeah. laying face down in a bog. It's pretty fucking dark, and it's all because of him. So, so Patrick, at this point, is like, well, I'm going to go get some of my family. And then he, he rolls out. He makes sure he has some bullets. Okay, I'm skimming over so much shit right now. Um. <laughs> well, but, he, but he leaves them all. He, he, nobody in that bog is, is headshot. They're all left to pop back up later. So he, he, while he thinks he's like trying to like keep the outsiders out, he sticks by the family creed of trying to keep everyone alive for right. later, I guess. It makes yeah. kind of sense because again, we're only a few weeks, what are we, 18 days into the whole thing and, and we don't know any information yet. There's still talk shows going on. People just don't know what's going on. So it, it's, you know, watching this movie at the end of the series, you might have some questions, but if we put it into perspective as far as, hey, this is only three weeks into the whole zombie apocalypse, we don't know what's happened yet. Yeah, this 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 is more in line. Like, I would say that um, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, and Land of the Dead have a continuity that matches. Then Diary and Survival take place in their own sort of separate universe because 
Number one, they're tied to Western and threw zombies in it. I mean, what? No, because because <laughs> he tied them together with reoccurring characters, and also because they take place so early that they should be taking place even before Dawn of the Dead. Technically, if you look at how the timeline plays out, you, uh, you, and I'm yeah, not even look not, at the yeah. If if, if you look at the uh, the all six movies uh, combined, it's almost like Land of the Dead was the end. Yeah, and Diary was like a restart. Yes. You know? And if you look at the way that he approached Diary, Diary was like, okay, look, now we're in a new world where everybody has to be on the internet and be online and be popular and be whatever else. And it's like, you know, it's uh, people are just stupid. They're, they're stupid because they have to be recognized. <laughs> and, well, no, they are. They're, they're stupid. I just like that be, line out of context. <laughs> people are. People are stupid. <laughs> well, well, they really are because they're 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 hyper focused on being recognized for whatever it is the thing that they're doing. People often fail to realize that the thing that they're doing might not be that important. Hey, you're um, talking to two podcasters yeah, uh, that talk about niche horror <clears throat> films over here. Well, no, this <laughs> no are important. No, damn it! <clears throat> no, no, this isn't the same thing though. This isn't the same thing because 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 you guys do this because you love it. Not because you're hoping people watch it, okay? In Die of the Dead, it was because someone's gonna watch us, and I'm gonna save the goddamn world. Well, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna save shit first of all because you end up dead in the, in the end. But information as it exists is important, but I don't think that people really care where it's coming from. You aren't gonna be the newscaster. Um, you aren't gonna be the one who tells us how everything is supposed to be. So when you jump from diary to survival, the, the hard part about this movie is that they try really hard and you can see it with the flashback. They try really hard to tie the two movies together, but the two movies could have been completely separate things and nobody would have given a shit. It wouldn't have mattered. Right. You, know? you know what I found find interesting though, is earlier boss tuna said that he had two planned movies and I know of one at least called road of the dead. That's what I was just so, opening up. So, Consider, and maybe we have the same idea here, consider that the first, there's not two sets of trilogies, but that there should have been two sets of quadrilogies, because Land would have been the end of that original timeline, Diary would be the restart with Survival Road and, you know, X of the Living Dead, yeah, um, that's what I was just going to bring up, yeah, as I wonder if that's kind of the direction he wanted to go. I, I based on the the the, the stylistic changes because land land is the bridge um, between it's getting more there, there there's a little bit more tongue in cheek in that movie uh, or maybe not that that's not the right term because some of it was so serious and and that's the thing with Romero man like he can be funny but he can still even be serious and in this movie he managed to pull off scenes that really got me going. I'll, I'll go ahead and jump to the kind of the end here. There's a, yep. eventually a confrontation between the Muldoons, the O'Flins, with the troops on the O'Flin side. And it turns out Patrick O'Flynn had twin daughters. One of them was bitten by a zombie and turned into a zombie, and she rides a horse around Plum Island, Plum crazy. So the the surviving daughter, I forget her name. Yeah, I know they're surviving. Yep. Yep. Well, there's... Okay, Jane well, and Janet. Jane and Janet. She eventually sides with her father and shows up at the end to help. And just when it seems like 
perhaps there would be a quashing of the beef um, because Muldoon is trying to get zombies to eat something other than human flesh. Great scene earlier between him and Tomboy. Um, and Cisco ultimately gets killed by her because he's turning into a zombie because the finger he bit in the, under the water, we're not touching on so much um, that I think this movie really should get the full burr. But the Muldoons and the for the for the record for the record, Tibu, I love you. I love you too, buddy. <laughs> I, I love I love I love a lot of the shit you've said tonight, and and, and uh, I really appreciate your perspective on this movie and what it is. So when they're when they're having their final showdown, it seems like O'Flynn is like you know he 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 does say I'll tell you this, I learned the error of my ways. Now if you don't mind, I'd like to spend a minute with my daughter because she just got her hand bitten by her sister. So she's gonna go, she's gone. So yeah, there is, I mean, I will interrupt just for a second to expand on that because we do get, she's, Janet's been the peacekeeper this whole time between O'Malley and Muldoon. She you know? saved her father's life by convincing Muldoon exile to exile him. Yeah. So she, she comes in, she originally was walking off. She wasn't going to be a part of this, but she came in and there was this big confrontation. We're, we're coming to a head like Tibu said, she wants to, she's siding with her father. She doesn't want any more bloodshed. That's the whole, the whole thing. You're right. Muldoon's intentions, although he's painted as a bad guy, which he kind of is, but he does have good intentions in that, Hey, maybe we can, you know, let them try to get them to eat something else. And maybe there's a cure, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's, he's, he's like, he's, he's like the, he's the Delawarean Dr. Frankenstein. Of or the old Irish West on an island. You know what vibes I got from this, and I know Grindhouse is going to know where I'm coming from. Is going to be um, Herschel, kind of, kind of the same. Yep. I would say, and this was before Herschel, so I wonder if Herschel was, if that story was kind of borrowed from this. So well, when were the when were the comics coming out though? Oh, you're right. Yep. The well, I don't know actually if the comics. I don't. I don't think Romero was reading. Well, Matt Berman or Mike Berman might have been, but right. yeah, I get. I get your. I get your point though. Yeah. So yeah. then Janet comes in and she, my sister, she recognizes me, so she goes up and and like an idiot sticks her hands out. <laughs> her fucking sister bites her hand. Boom! We know this ain't good. You like Janet as as a viewer, and you like her as a character, and you're hoping she gets the the machete treatment, which she unfortunately doesn't, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I meant the I treatment, cutting her hand off, bro. Oh, I got you. Yeah, no, she yeah. doesn't. No, but she's that. I liked her, but yeah, then, know, she, then her dad is. says he wants a minute with her. And that's when you get the scene that I'm just like, yep, the feud, the feud, the blood feud never dies. Muldoon just shoots him straight up in the back with a shotgun. And as he's going down, Patrick O'Flynn just had he, I know in his mind he's like this son of a fucking bitch, mm-hmm. and he just says, "Back." He utters, "Yeah, shot me in the back while I'm going to be with my daughter." And that's more Scottish, but he's like, "Muldoon, you bastard!" And I'm like, "God damn!" But he doesn't die. He turns over and boom, he pops Seamus Muldoon to death, bro, with that little fucking side. Little gun he's got hidden in his sleeve. Yeah. Was Derringer. Yeah, little Derringer. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love that shit right there, dude. That that was like, fuck yeah. Fuck that fucking guy. Because I, I, I like his performance. I like him as a character. 
but fuck his character and his mindset to me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not down with that shit. Yeah. Well, but you know what that shows though? In the end, nobody wins. That's what it shows. Right. We, that's, we, that's zombies, we man. With an almost epic gunfight and we get and zombies breaking loose yet again. Zombies breaking loose. We get some killer death scene, some, some yes. guys getting ripped apart and ultimately it concludes with a nice silhouetted. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay, go ahead. We got to mention this part. Yep. J- uh, J- Jane's not dead yet. She, she, she's trying to look after her dad. Who's who J- Patrick O'Flynn th- seems dead. She looks over and her sister actually does take a bite out of the horse. Yep. And she's like, holy fuck. So Muldoon was right all along, which pissed me off really bad. But <laughs> it's true. It, I, I got really mad. I was like, fuck this guy. He was right. Yeah. So she hauls ass to the troop that's trying to get away and to tell them, like, hey, it worked. But as she's explaining this, Patrick O'Flynn shoots her in the head. He, his whole thing was oh. that he would he would shoot his family. It didn't matter if they were going to be a zombie, whatever. So it's like, damn. It's a callback, like you said earlier, because he couldn't do it. He couldn't, he couldn't do it when it came to the kids. Yep. Yeah, the, the, yep. the Muldoon kids. Yep, couldn't, couldn't do it. And then he so, goes and shoots his own fucking daughter, who's not even close to turning yet. So then you get the silhouette? Yep. Yeah, you get the silhouette. It, it's a pretty cool still shot, I guess, of Muldoon and O'Flynn up on yes. the horizon. It's and, two undead zombie Irish Western zombies with guns that aren't loaded. So deep that it's it's even in their zombie state. Oh, go ahead, Grindhouse. I just saw you. Well, but if you if you look at that that uh, that last kind of over the horizon shot with the with the two guys on the moon, it's also a very Looney Tunes. The oh two yes. guys. No, no, yes, exactly. Yes. So, but, I, but the imagery and that's why it's like it's. That image to me, when I saw it, and I'd never seen it before, I was like, "This is iconic. This is iconic." Yeah, and, and the gun, the guns are just clicking. They're just clicking, 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 and that's how clicking, it ends. Clicking, but they're still fighting the family feud to the end. Yep, and that's a, that's the commentary on human beings. Yeah, the zo- exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fight for whatever we're gonna fight for to the goddamn end. Yep, no matter how dumb it is. Because they even even if it is, yeah, that we're the same people. They 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 make the point to say that he made a point in this film, and and he made a Looney Tunes movie that made fucking hey, what's that Looney Tunes cartoon? The one where Bugs Bunny, it's the opera one. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, and and Elmer Fudd's it carry him off, and he's got the horn crown. He kills Bugs Bunny, and he feels bad. Whatever. That's the this movie is that. It's like epic, fun, silly, those three things. That, that, that's survival of the dead right there. So we're touching a little bit on the social commentary, which Romero outright said it's, it's, it's war. And again, it's pretty, pretty obvious, but culminates with, again, this scene and what we're talking about. Because, yeah, it's never over. It might look like it's over, but it's never over. Never. Like John Rambo says, it's never over! Adrian! Well, George George Romero was was if you look at all these movies and you look at the, the the commentary that he's talking about, in each one of them he was five to ten years ahead of his time. 
in the things that he was predicting. Because if you look at yes. if you look at Diary of the Dead, Diary of the Dead is predicting right now where I have to make a video of myself and I have to put it on the internet and people have to love it. Or if you if you jump back to Diary of the Dead, where the the, the one lady like crawls off in the woods and offs herself. That's talking about right now. If I'm not popular enough on social media, I'm just going to go ahead and go and be yeah. done with it. You know, people. Okay. So the point was it, like it, he was, he was so far ahead of his time. I mean, and like really far ahead of his time. And it, I think the unfortunate part to the, the greater world is that he was telling his tale through zombies and that's not approachable media for everybody, but he really had, if you go back to night, to dawn, to day, to land, to diary, and to survival. He was telling a story, and he was he was telling a story of the world as he saw it, and, and the world as it was going to be. And he predicted it far, far, far before any of us did, you know. And you know, diary of social media. You, you go back to land. Land was just each of us trying to figure out our place and wh whether we belong. I mean, you go to the end of the movie and it's like, should we kill these zombies? No, they're just looking for a place to go just mm -hmm. like us, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. and, and if you go farther back, I mean, so he was, he was always so far ahead of his time. I think he got to the point where he was so far ahead of his time that people couldn't get it. So, so he had to, he had to get funding wherever he could and he made whatever movie he could. And he still tried to tell his message. I mean, that's uh, he's still, he's brilliant. He always did want to tell his message and he, he, he did what he could with what he had for the most part. But I mean, we talked about that, the transition of the zombies were what he wanted to be the more comedic and whatnot. So we'll get into final thoughts and ratings. I'm going to come in a lot lower than you guys. Tibu, should I go first or last? Yeah. Yeah, you should. What? You should go first. Okay. I'm coming in obviously lower and I, I did a little bit early on as far as where this movie falls short for me, but just to recap it, it's, it's Romero called me out. Like, I feel like when I watched that documentary, that Felsher documentary, he called me out and I'm the type of fan he was talking about these fans that were hooked and addicted. And you know, like Grindhouse was saying, you know, I'm an, I'm, I'm an old zombie fan. I don't, I don't like anything new. Give me my, my night, dawn and day. And I just didn't change with the times, which whatever, I don't care. I love the old ones. It just started a downward trend with, with land. The problems I had were with this ultimately were I'm going to have to go back. I'll tell you right now, I will watch this again and I'll look at it through a different lens and try to accept that the silliness, the three stooges slapstick Looney Tunes type deal is what he wanted. And I will try to accept that and, maybe you know maybe i just need to watch this separated from the rest of them i think part of the problem is is you know we went through and watched every one of these movies from start to finish in a fairly short period and i think that watching this again just this as a standalone not you know internally or mentally trying to compare it to the other ones might actually benefit it so ultimately though it's it's very underwhelming for me I was not impressed. I didn't really like a lot of the characters. There's a handful I liked. The dialogue kind of drove me nuts. The kills, the CGI. I know you guys talked about the fire extinguisher kill. 
that really annoyed me. The worst kill was the the in concept it was great, the flare kill, but the CGI on that was to the point where it just drove me nuts. So honestly, a four I think is is quite respectable for this movie. And and I was tempted. I, I did come up from a three. So I'm coming in at a four. It's but I would say all in all, this is a below average zombie movie. If you took a whole mess of zombie movies, this one's going to come in quite a bit under what I would consider the average. So I'm not afraid to say yes, four out of 10 for boss tuna in survival of the dead. So Tibu, do you want to go next and have our esteemed guests uh, finish us off? Cup the balls. Yeah. Stroke the shaft, swallow the seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go next. Okay, so I'm used to horror franchises um, starting off raw and pure and then over time getting slowly more ridiculous and over the top. You get the Friday the 13th franchise, uh, Child's Play franchise, although I would say in quality, like around part seven, it goes back to serious shit instead of over the top but nightmare on elm street phantasm what have you so watching this series this time like for the first time ever all the way through from the original which i grew up with and love again shout out to james rolfe monster madness go watch his full commentary of night of the living dead 1968 it's amazing so much insight so fun to, to, to seeing Dawn Day again for like the fourth or fifth time. I think that movie is a masterpiece on the same level of, of, of night. And then getting into the latter half of, of, of his series that I wasn't as familiar with. Land of the Dead. I had seen it. A lot of fun this second time watching it again. Diary had seen it, was disappointed. This time I came in pretty high. I really enjoyed that movie. Survival was a first-time watch that I watched twice. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do something I don't normally do on Joe Blow. I usually give an, uh, a solid number or a half number. I'm coming in tonight for Survival of the Day with an 8.25 out of 10. This movie has so much schlocky fun. And um, again... I'm glad Grindhouse was on the show to temper me about the budget thing because the point he made about Romero working with what he had to work with, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. I'd still like to see where the money went because it kind of – it still kind of don't make sense to me, but whatever. The substance of the movie that we've touched on and that I said a lot of people, maybe it's not what they're looking for or maybe it's not what they're seeing right when they're watching it. It's a perceived dud this movie's not a dud. It's just not made on the same scale that a Romero zombie film should be made on. But he did what he did, and there's so much in this movie that we didn't even touch on that I would love to talk about. Uh, I, can, I come in higher than Diary on this one. So Diary is like my least favorite of the series, yeah. and that's still an 8 out of 10. So... Eight, you know, 8.25 out of 10 for me. And, and I kind of broke my unwritten rules because I was a huge fan of, of Romero and, and these movies before I started watching movies, quote unquote, critically, trying to give a rating and pros and cons. And I know I'm at fault at that. I try to look at it 
individually at its own merits, but I'd be lying if I'm not, you know, holding it to a different standard. I'm not going to say a higher standard, but a different standard just because it's got Romero's name attached to it. And it's not like his name is distantly attached to it. It's written and directed by George A. Romero. And again, if I've said it once, I've said it a dozen times on the show already. It's just, for me, it doesn't fit these movies. They're, they're just completely different. It's, it's a product of its time for sure. But the first three movies you can put in one box and then these next three movies are in a completely different box. And I don't even think they're tied together outside of some of the writing and whatnot. It's, it's hard for me at least to even imagine these are written and directed by the same guy. But again, being as, you know, how many years apart they are, it makes sense. So I, 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 no, I do want to, before uh, grindhouse gives us his, his rating, I do want to say I agree with that sentiment all the same. These don't feel like they were the same types of films that he directed back in the 80s and 70s and 60s. No, totally not. The whole tone changes with land. It does. But I do still see a thread. And, and this is coming from someone who's just watched this series for the first time through to the end, from beginning to end for a, I see an evolution of filmmaking, and even if it's not the same, I'm going to say this in quotes, quality that we're expecting, I, I still think he managed to make a solid body of work. Maybe I'm, I don't know if I should be like dialing in on the series at this point, because um, I don't know if we wanted to talk about it as a whole later as a topic, but just to just to lay, lay my cards on the table, I think the, the Of the Dead series is one of the best horror franchises out there for a lot of reasons and and every film is like like grindhouse said earlier every film is special for its own reasons and i'm 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 really happy that we did this man because i i i found myself surprised because i thought going into this that it was going to be going up peak go down yeah, and it really hasn't been that much of a decline for me. I've enjoyed all of these movies immensely, and I want to thank you for helping me dive into zombies even harder through the master himself, because I'm really digging zombies. Um, we did an episode on on the nightclub recently, Undead Crusties, all about zombies. Go check that shit out, man, because we all give our top five favorite zombie films, and it's a hell of a lot of fun getting into zombies with you, dude. This has been one of the best experiences i've had as a horror fan and i want to keep going down this trail he got me to watch flesh eater for the first time i never heard of that and it's got the legendary bill uh yeah bill, the, the og ghoul from night of the living dead so there you go man I, sorry man just no you're yeah. good you're good grindhouse i don't want to keep you know keep you from from sharing your 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 final thoughts and ratings but i got two questions for you uh one is specifically for grindhouse zombie and one is for both of you the first and, and grindhouse zombie you've heard us ask this question on the show before i'm going to ask you are you team basement or team board up the house night of the living dead oh that's easy bark the house <clears throat> yeah always got to have an escape plan Always. I 100% agree, 100% agree. <clears throat> Next one I have is a question for both of you. And again, I, I don't want to get into another half hour conversation. So we'll make <laughs> it real quick here. Um, and Because I'm going to be the one guilty of it. But one thing I'd thought of, and I wanted your guys' 
I guess, opinion on my opinion. One thing I'd thought of with these last three movies are the fact that at the time, none of his movies were quote unquote, well, I'll put it this way. None of his movies were the success that we see today. We've had a couple, yeah, Land of the Dead was you know, fairly successful. I would say that was the most successful coming right out the gate. The first three gained a cult following. So uh, my, I'll let you answer in a second after I ask <laughs> my question. My question is, do you think that the transition from the first three to the final three are George Romero trying to become more mainstream, trying to grab more eyes being more relevant which in turn is going to give him more money to do what he wants to do or do you think that that's just the natural direction he wanted to go grindhouse you one. first because i know you have i know I'll, I'll, I'll be synced yep the, se- the, the second one the latter that's what i think okay uh and he's about to explain <clears throat> why you know the reality is movies are simple i am absolutely the godfather of zombies so i can do whatever the fuck i want you know, I, I, I know this shit. I own this shit. I have been speaking for social commentary for 50 years. So whatever you think, that's great. But you know what? Go fuck yourself. Um, I'm, I'm going to think what I think. And if you look at especially the last three movies, um, if you start with land, land is the equalizer. Okay. It is, we are on level playing field. We are all kind of searching for the same thing, regardless of what it might be. It might be human flesh. It might just be a place to survive, whatever. We're all searching for the same things. If you go into diary, diary is about, I want to be heard. And that's just a human thing. We all want to be heard. You know, if you go into survival, survival is the, you know what? My neighbor has pissed me off. And I'm going to go over and I'm going to fuck his shit up. And I think we all get that. These are, these are all, these are all films, movies, whatever, depending on your characterization that I think we can all relate to, you know, it's, it's a little painful to me that the last one was so poorly received because I think it is actually the thing that we can all relate to the most, you know, my neighbor and his barking dog or my neighbor and his kids are parking my driveway again, or, you know, the neighbor and his, he's having too much uh, loud parties or whatever. It's the thing that we can all totally fucking get, but you put it in the zombie genre and it's like, well, a a little bit of the transition is lost. Um, But uh, in the end, I think that I think personally, I think that he went out on the high note that he wanted to go out on. I think that he was probably going to start a new chapter with Lord of the Dead. I think that would have been, you know, I, I mean, I'm sorry, going, you know, taking zombies and then putting a little bit of uh, Mad Max in there would have been really fun to watch. It, it, I mean, it really would have been absolutely awesome. Well, I, hope, um, I hope that gets made one way or the other. Yes, yes. A hundred percent agree with, with all that. Well, yeah, Zombies Beyond Thunderdome, that would have been awesome. I would have watched, I would absolutely <laughs> fucking watched that shit. I would have watched that shit all day long and twice on Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <clears throat> if you go back to when he first started and what he says he wasn't 
trying to say, but I still think he was. Oh, um, yeah. When it's all said and done, the world as it stands can be a shitty, shitty place. Mm-hmm. And trying to understand what the person next to me thinks, says, and feels is a difficult, difficult thing. In the end, we all have to own how we act, how we behave, and how we treat the person sitting next to us on the subway, on the bus, in the taxi, whatever it is. And people are doing a really fucking terrible job of doing that right now. Um, we all have our own things, our own problems. And just if you can't. Just content he would have for a movie to be released in the last couple of years. Holy fuck. Well, exactly. And if you cannot stop, <laughs> if you cannot stop and commiserate, shake the hand, give a hug to the brother sitting next to you. And I don't care. I don't care what fucking color he is. I don't care if he worships Satan or he worships Versace. I don't give a shit. I honestly don't give a shit. You know, we're all people and we all got to get through this shit together. And if you can't do that, then we're all fucked. And I think that's what his movies are about. In the end, if we just can't shake hands and say, you know what? On this one point, I don't agree with you, but because I don't agree with you, it doesn't make me any less your brother. Uh, why the fuck keep going on? I mean, it, it. This world is simple, but complex at the same time. And you know what? The it's people, a, it, the people that paradox. Well, exactly. And the people that sit next to you, you may not agree a hundred percent on whatever it is that their thing is, whatever their thing is. Cause that's, that's what we're all focused on, right? Their thing. What's my thing. What do I have to identify as? And you know what? Yeah. We're, At the we're, end yeah, of the day, it's like, it's like us, we're horror nerds. So, you know, if, if people knew that was our thing, how would they judge you? Or whether, like you're saying, what, what, whatever your religious belief is, everyone gets judged, man. And the zombies are the ultimate judgment, the ultimate cosmic fucking judgment. It's the people that are dead, the people you'd miss coming back to eat your fucking living flesh. They don't give a fuck. Well, well they but they're the they're fuck. the ultimate they're the ultimate equalizer because they don't give a fuck. No, no. They don't care. No, I don't no. care if you're black, white, gay, straight, Polish, Jewish. It doesn't matter. You're fucking dead. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I love about them. It yeah. doesn't matter. And because that that's how I live my life. I don't care. I don't care. If if you walk up to me and you're nice. I don't care if you walk up to me and you're an asshole. Well, then we got a problem. If you walk up to me and you bite my asshole because you're a zombie, I'm going to be really fucking pissed. Well, exactly. He'll be be gone for a second. Then he'll be pissed. (laughs) What do you you come in with for, for survival of the dead grindhouse? Um, I am in at a 5.5 and knowing and and boss two and Lewis, I give, I give nothing a 10, nothing. I'm going to get to 10 ever. Because I'm, I'm Dawn of the Dead or Night or Day. Well, Dawn, Dawn is high. Day is high. Night is, well, that's just God. So you can't, <laughs> you, you can't really go past that. Um, but I give nothing to ten because I'm still waiting for that movie. I'm still waiting. Damn, for it. nice. That's no, that, no, I've no, never I, heard that before. Uh, wow. I, uh, it, it will happen. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. So and I came in the highest on this movie with two zombie nerds? Something else. What the <laughs> fuck is going on here, guys? We're going to recap. Boss Tuna, 4. Grindhouse, Zombie, 5.5. Tibu, doubling up. 
and some 8.25 and his rating is also 8.25 or or, uh, score. So (laughs) that right there is your review of diary. uh, Jesus Christ. Survival. What the fuck? He's having another stroke. He's drank too many bush lights. Uh, I'm throwing, I'm throwing these, these jokes out that only you and I know, and it'll, it'll, it'll come out on the show. This is, I love these inside jokes. Yes. There's the ratings. You have it, folks. Capping off the summer of the fall of the winter and Thanksgiving and Christmas. Merry of- Christmas, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is, is there no solstice in there? There's gonna be a solstice in there. <laughs> a solstice of the dead. <laughs> oh, that'd be epic. Haley's oh, yeah. Dead. yeah, it's it's <laughs> taken a while to pump them all out, but boom, this is it. Here you've had it. I want to thank our host guest host grindhouse zombie for coming on dropping some good knowledge some good insight on these movies here and keep in mind we're gonna have the next episode as planned is gonna be a regular one and i think we're gonna use grindhouse zombies advice and we'll look at some newer movies for you maybe maybe we'll close out the year with some recommendations for some newer movies that have been recently released in the last couple of years for you to check out so Yep, Christmas episode, and then boom, presents and everything. So, any final thoughts you want to leave, Mister Brent? Do you have, do you have any? Um, I mean, if our any way that our stalkers, aka fans, want to get a hold of you, <laughs> or no, 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 fuck no. There, I don't, I don't, I. You know, I don't do Twitter, and then do Instagram the is for Twitter for people that can't read. So I just, I, oh, I'm, I'm a simple I, guy. No, <laughs> I just, messages <laughs> along to Grindhouse Zombie. And one thing too, I wanted to say at the very end is, if you guys had any questions, comments, anything on the whole series, let us know. Email, Facebook, Instagram. If we have enough of them, we will do a wrap-up show and share some. So let us know what you're Blow horror show at gmail.com. Please, anyone listening, touch on the Romero series. Let us know. I, I would love a wrap-up episode. Yeah, I mean, we'll, if you guys want to share your ranking as a series, the movies, your favorite one, comments, let us know. We'll read them on the air. We might do a wrap-up episode as well. So, But again, I can't thank you enough, Grindhouse Zombie, for joining us. Tibu, any final words you want to leave us with? Yeah, I want to echo Grindhouse Zombie and say, be nice to your neighbor, because that shit spreads, man. And if it just keeps on spreading everywhere, there you go. All right, folks. And with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. But, but, (laughs) yeah. Grindhouse Zombies knows what's up. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh shit oh okay. shit <laughs> it's time for another beer yeah you know what time it is you know what's coming we are going to make you run the gauntlet outside of your igloo I'm not even going to ask you if you're ready because it's coming at you Garden House Zombie the gauntlet starts in 3 2 1 pizza or burgers Burgers. Beer or liquor? Beer. Hockey, football, baseball, or basketball? Football. Ass or titties? Oh, ass. Yeah. Stand or sit when you wipe? Uh, stand.
Homebody or out with friends? <laughs> Homebody. Fishing or hunting? Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or Serbian film? Oh, boy. Eh, cannibal Holocaust. Rather go blind or rather go deaf? Deaf. Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or top half of Margot Robbie and bottom half of Hulk Hogan? Uh, bottom half of Robbo Hoppy, I'll put a flag over that shit and do it front country. <laughs> <laughs> Penis-sized nipples or nipple-sized penis? Uh, oh, boy. Um, nipple-sized penis. Rock or country? <laughs> oh, rock. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Doggy or missionary? Oh, doggy, all day long. Freddy, Jason, Michael, or Leatherface? Oh, Jason. Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? Seriously? <laughs> zombie. <laughs> <laughs> or Leprechaun? Oh, Chucky. John Carpenter yes. or Wes Craven? John Carpenter. Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? Uh, uh, Ari Aster. 90s or 2000s horror? 90s only because I can't pick 80s. Hills Have Eyes, the original or the remake? Oh, the original. Yeah! Fuck you, boss. Tune in, you piece of shit. Point. <laughs> what was the last one? Low Burns or To the Point? Uh, to the Point. First horror movie you ever remember seeing? Oh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Ooh. Favorite horror movie of all time? Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is like, hey, Honey, do you love me? Well, yeah. Um, or, which, or which one of your kids do you love? <sighs> oh, don't start that shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to go with Night of the Living Dead. It's um, a 10 out of 10, then. Say it. Say it now. Well, it's 10 out of 10. It is. Yeah. It is. There is one 10 or, out of 10, then. No, it's an 8.5. Sorry. Oh, um, fuck no. Only because I saw that the first time, and I saw it was, a, it was a, like a... I saw it in one of those old like Saturday night horror movie marathons. I saw that. And then I saw Dawn of the Dead right after it. It was like, well, that movie was awesome. How could it get better? Oh, wait, it got better. You know? Ooh. So it's, yeah. So night, night, and then Dawn pretty much. Yeah. Nice. One of the old Saturday nights. Well, yeah. thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for running the gauntlet. You did survive as we all knew you would. And with that <laughs> truly folks, that's a wrap. Thanks again for listening. We will be back with a regular episode for you. Thanks again, guys. Boom. That was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. 